0: Welcome to Through the Water Cycle on Solving Water, a Xylem podcast that explores issues and opportunities water utilities have at every stage of the water cycle, from source and supply to discharge. This episode is part of a live series recorded at Weftech 2019 in Chicago, where Xylem experts got together to discuss critical challenges, areas of focus, and current trends in the water utilities industry. Enjoy the show! Hi, we're here at WEFTEC 2019 in Chicago, recording live from the WEFTEC Beer Garden, sponsored by Xylem. I'm joined by my co-host Griffin, I'm Amanda Holloway with Xylem, and our, uh, our guests today on uh, this episode are Adam McNeil and Alex Krapas, and we're going to talk a little bit about biological process. But before we do that, I just want to get a little bit of background from each of you on uh, what you do for Xylem.
1: All right, excellent. This is Adam McNeil. Thank you very much for having us today. Uh, I am the uh, North American sales manager for the treatment brands of uh, Xylem, which include Sanitaire, Wetico, Leopold, and Flight Mixer. So I have the honor to lead the sales teams and work with our third-party sales reps in North America uh, on municipal projects, so aeration and biological uh, being key components of those.
2: Yeah, I'm Alex Kropos, and thank you for having us here. I'm uh, the field product manager for our Vorlodos application, which is an aerobic digester. So my job is essentially to assist the territory managers and be the industry expert in aerobic digestion and how it functions and uh, be able to introduce people into how we're going about optimizing that and making it better.
0: So just to kind of start off and kind of back up, can you explain for our listeners what biological process or biological treatment is? What are some of the, the elements of that? I know we talked about aeration as well, just to kind of help people level set.
1: Yeah, well, let me, this is Adam, and I'll start off by saying, uh, you know, uh, aeration and biological we look at as, as, as the heart and soul of, of the treatment plants. Where and, and we might be a little biased in saying that, of course. <laughs> but obviously um, uh, the Sanitaire, as, as we developed originally, was a fine bubble and coarse bubble aeration product. And so to the uninitiated, that's a that's simple task of, of pushing air and, by extension, oxygen um, from the bottom of a treatment tank that allows the, the bugs that, uh, that would have been injected into the tank to, to essentially feed on the wastewater and, and turn that wastewater um, uh, essentially into pure water that can be treated further. As Sanitaire has developed, and our wastewater treatment has developed, the biological solutions have become much more of a focus on all of the plants as nutrient limits have, have increased and we have had essentially a focus on that next level of water treatment as, as we go downstream and work towards the effluent. And Alex can talk to some of the details of, of that transition and really why biological I, is the differentiating factor in, in how we go to market and how we, how we um, how to make that happen.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So biological nutrient removal, like Adam said, is when I walk into it, that's what I see the biological nutrient. That's the heart and soul of that wastewater treatment plant. And when it comes to reducing the nutrients and the solids in the biological nutrient process, it's a very important step in regards to the, how it entirely functions. So up front you have the screening, which removes the inorganic solids, which we're not going to be able to eat up with the bugs. Uh, but when we get to the secondary process, that's where we're going to really reduce those BODs, the phosphorus, the nitrogen, and the TSS, because With increasing limits, we can't do it all in the biological nutrient removal step. But for those filters to function properly, we need to be able to get those TSSs, those phosphoruses, those nitrogens down low enough for them to function as well. Uh, Because if we don't get those down in the biological nutrient removal step, they're going to clog and have to backwash constantly and it just would not be efficient.
0: Sounds like regulatory compliance is a big driver for these technologies.
2: I think regulatory compliance
1: is front of mind for, for just about all we do, and obviously we don't get business if we cannot be within
3: municipalities' uh, compliant limit. Sure. So you talk about this being a differentiating factor. So what? How does this tech work with other treatment solutions that Xylem offers? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the
2: biological nutrient removal step is considered the secondary process. So it's the second step, whereas okay. this major screening is the first. Uh, Leopold, who is our filtration, is one that we would typically see on the back end of the secondary process. It's going to be a tertiary treatment step. So it's going to take our cleaned and purified water and run it through a filtration step to really get those solids out in the uh, really minute phosphorus and nitrogen molecules that we couldn't eat up in the biological process. Um, so it feeds into that, and then after that, Leopold will take that or that or their clean water, the filtered, much cleaner water, and introduce that to the wetico step, where we're going to see the disinfection. So each of these different aspects has a very key part of the wastewater treatment process, but acts very different. Because mm-hmm. the disinfection is going to be more for those fecal coliforms and other bacteria that's not going to get eaten up in the secondary or filtered out. But we'll be able to create that clean water that we could reuse for land application or, you know, later on maybe beer. <laughs> yeah.
0: So th- this is a question for me, and excuse my ignorance, but um, the 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 um, we talked about aeration and then we talked about the aerobic digestion are they they're not the same they're the same and right? they're not
1: okay <laughs> so yes <laughs>
2: and no well, just, and okay, it
0: makes you feel a little smart enough yes. to be <laughs> yeah. so
2: they're the same and they're not so they're going to use the same technologies the idea behind it is going to be similar but what the aerobic digestion step is about is so from the secondary treatment process you still have all those bugs and they're proliferating So you're going to get more and more of those bugs. The digester step is essentially wasting that so you can keep the proper amount in there to do their job properly. And it goes into a digester where we can thicken it up to a higher solids and essentially kill those bugs and have them eat themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They're considered pathogen attractants. And we have these biosolids that if we don't, clean them up or just going to sit in a landfill somewhere, do nothing of benefit for society. But if we can reduce those uh, vector attractants enough, it can be used for land applications, like for farming. Uh, with aerobic digestion, it usually ends up farming for feedstock for pigs or cows. But then it has a beneficial use versus just sitting in a landfill somewhere sure. where if you're pulling it directly off a secondary treatment, it's going to be sitting in a landfill.
3: So you guys mentioned some of this technology has been around for a while, but How much of this that you're talking about is new or, you know, where, where is technology in this, um, in this area, this treatment area, like, where are we at in terms of tech?
2: It's constantly innovating right now. Sure. Um, there's some of the things like aeration has been around for 30 years and that can get to be fairly standardized throughout the industry. But what we're really looking at is with increased, increased nutrient limits, we don't want to have to rely just on tertiary treatment systems to be able to reach these limits. So it's constant innovation, that's one thing that since I've joined Xylem and I used to work on wastewater treatment plants, it's incredible to see behind the scenes what we're working on and what we're really bringing about. Um, the Vorlotos aerobic digester I specifically cover takes an age-old age aerobic digestion process and basically flips it on its head. Uh, before we were just aerating, you're returning a bunch of the nutrients that you just treated in the secondary process right back to the front of the plant and that's just superfluous. And uh, it's saving an incredible amount of energy because there's the age-old, I'm hoping it goes away soon, 10-state standard that I've talked to to every engineer about and what you end up doing with that is introducing more air than you need to. Uh, We're able to take a bunch of Xylem's portfolio between the YSI sensors, the flight mixers, the aeration, combine that into a process that controls the entire thing, saves them energy, reduces those nutrients and just helps the plant run better.
1: And, and, you know, one of the pieces of feedback we hear the most is about that energy usage, where sure. the, the wastewater treatment plant, and particularly the blowers that power uh, the aeration, are a huge energy user. Uh, oftentimes, they, they are the top one or two uses of energy for an entire municipality, wow. uh, not just the wastewater treatment plant. So yeah. there's an enormous priority when you have blowers That are 50, 75, 100 horsepower running 24 7, Mm -hmm. it is obviously a a massive usage of energy. So Alex uh, uh, takes the Borlodos product, and the Borlodos system is able to engineer a process that allows for the blowers to be turned on less often or at a lower horsepower to achieve the same results. Mm -hmm. And so that is very attractive to municipalities who are one. for cost consciousness and two for environmental consciousness are very interested in keeping obviously keeping those energy um, the energy usage as low as possible for sure
2: you bring up a great point about the energy usage because the world right now is pushing more and more towards green technologies and that's a focus that we really have here at xylem is doing what we can to help reduce the energy costs not just to save them money but to reduce their footprint Right, because I mean that's a huge push right now is reducing the energy costs everywhere, trying to help out the environment in any way we can. So it's right. not just about water; it's just about the environment in general.
3: And it's not just about cost, like you're saying. I mean, exactly. I'm sure that's a big. So what do people come to you like? What's their biggest pain point? Is it like I'm spending too much, or is it I want to reduce my footprint? Is it regulatory? The well, biggest. I it's love usually, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me. I think we both have. A... We're gonna yeah. we're gonna approach this from a couple different
1: angles. So, um, it, like everything in the water industry. The answer is it depends. Sure. All right. Yeah. And so, heard that. Yeah. Yeah. yes, okay, <laughs> yeah. And so, what you know, what you're going to be in certain situations, if you go to Hawaii, you have power that is 30 cents a kilowatt hour.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All right, so their, their, their priority is going to be energy usage. Mm-hmm. You go to different municipalities where you have phosphorus, nitrogen, ammonia that is need, needs to be reduced based on what is in their current effluent. And and in many places, you have a combination of those and a whole bunch of other factors. So we look at that and say, okay, we have to solve for what our particular client or what our particular municipality is using. But it is is generally across the map. And we look for solutions. One, we think that the power usage, you'd always prefer to be using less energy, regardless of who you are Mm -hmm. or, or what your task is. So we look to solve for that for everyone. But then, then the other hot topics that we, that we typically run into, um, and, and I'm going to kind of set aside storm water or disasters, that sort of thing, but when you look at what is what is going to be consistently in the water that's coming into and then going out of the plant, is how do we reduce those minerals? How do we reduce those agents? Uh, and again, nitrogen, phosphorus, ammonia are the ones that, that we, we are dealing with most right now.
2: Sure. Yeah, I mean, you brought up a great point about regionality. Very important. Like you said, the energy costs could be more important to another plant, but what it really boils down to is they want their plant running right. And if we can save energy on top of that, it's usually a bonus. But first and foremost, they want to be able to hit their permits, and saving energy is a great bonus on top of that. Uh, if we can show them they're still going to meet their permits and it's going to be almost running the exact same and they can save energy, and yeah, they're all about the energy. But yeah, with these, especially in certain areas with increased permit limits, uh, a phrase that I heard when I from my times in Washington is they're looking to get their water to pre human pristinity. Wow. So over the time and as they push towards that, it's going to require incredible wow. treatment processes. I haven't
3: heard that term, that's good, <laughs> yeah. Dinosaurs had great water. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. something I
2: always think about. I'm like, is it really different? All right.
3: Well, and you know, we joked about it because we have heard it before that it depends. But it, in a way, it kind of speaks to the way that you approach every project. It needs a customized solution. You know, so it depends. Is it's not really like not answering the question. It is answering the question. It, it depends. A hundred percent. And again,
1: you know, Alex covers all of North America and he deals with all of our territory managers who work in various regions. And right. our, our, our TMs have that, that, that regional focus and that regional understanding. Yeah. And he will come in and, and talk about the solution and have to adapt that solution right. to, you know, to, you know, what does the customer, what does the end user, what does the community need mm-hmm. in, in order to fit, fix this? And, you know, we, we talked before about the other areas where we see a lot of interest is the modernization one of aging infrastructure because we need to work towards replacing these inefficient 30 40 year old facilities and oftentimes those facilities are growing due to population growth etc right and then we also need to be aware of the stormwater the the events that take place that that put additional stress on each of those and what we're typically seeing uh, as these large, these storms get bigger and bigger, uh, we have to be prepared, and, and the safety factors that have to be that influence the uh, the plants need to be increased. So we need to build towards not just what's going to happen on a daily or weekly basis, but also we need to help that plant design for what's going to happen when this horrible storm comes through and, and quadruples or quintuples the amount of influent water you have coming in. So it's, it's, it's a lot of factors to be determined, and we rely on the local knowledge of our people as well as our rep groups to, to make sure that there is a, a dialed-in understanding of what's going on in that community and, and truly what we're solving for. Because if we went in, went in with a cookie-cutter solution, right. it wouldn't take long before, uh, <laughs> before we were not satisfying the people we were working with.
3: Yeah, you have a solution. You have to customize it to yeah, so many factors, like you're saying. Yeah, that's really interesting.
0: Want to hear more about how we solve water? Check out In the Field with Gould's Water Technology, a new show in the solving water feed. Listen to Xylem experts and industry thought leaders discuss trending water topics, including residential wastewater, agriculture tech, and how Xylem is bringing clean water to Americans in need. Stream episodes of In the Field with Gould's Water Technology wherever you listen to Solving Water. We were recording you were mentioning, Alex, a project that, a um, fairly recent project that was a pretty big success. Can
2: yeah, you just touch um, on that? that's with the, the Vorlodos Aerobic Digest that I work with. It's uh, right up here up the street in Wisconsin, Green Lakes, Wisconsin. Uh, we were able to retrofit their digester with our Vorlados applications so that they could save on blower energy and reduce their nutrients being returned. And what we were able to do was substantial, it was over 90% savings in each of those categories. Wow. The blower energy went from about 1800 kilowatts per hour a week down to uh, 1500. Uh, the phosphorus went from about 7 pounds per week being returned from the digester to 0.5 pounds per week. And the nitrate, which was incredible, went from 27 pounds per week being returned to zero. We were effectively able to remove it from the digester. And the cost savings to them, uh, it was almost, it was over 90%. If you look at the blower energy, that's all money back in their pockets.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wow. And a
1: lot of times, you know, what we just heard almost sound like too good to be true numbers. But, you know, we look at the, the aging infrastructure in some of the plants, and what we're retrofitting is... 1960s technology in a lot of ways across the board whether it's the controls the blowers Mm -hmm. the the efficiency of the aeration and Mm -hmm. and all the above so we can walk into alex can walk into a lot of these plants and 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 really give them an audit that says you know these these are the areas that are critical to you they are are relevant to to what the community and, and and the governing bodies are looking for and reducing the you know, your 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 bottom line expense for the entire facility. So mm-hmm. it's something that we can walk in and, and say these these are these are the needs that are going to be met and it can be done based on the technology that's evolved within the past mm-hmm.
2: 3 4 decades.
1: Yeah, that's brought us to
2: this point. Yeah, to imagine going from $12,000 in blower cost down to 1500. It's incredible. Yeah. Sure.
0: Especially for some of these smaller facilities we've been talking about that too, you know, we just we have to provide scalable solutions and stuff that they can get at when they're a smaller facility and can't necessarily afford to, to bring in all this other stuff, this equipment or what have you. So
2: Something interesting in that regard, too, is there's the possibility of, since there are such energy savings, there's the idea that there's outside resources that could help fund these energy savings uh, <laughs> jobs for them. Because, uh, like I said, there's a big push for green technologies. That's there's grants and funds that could be available to them if they can show that they're saving enough energy. Wow. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. And,
2: and we do
1: we do throughout Xylem, partner with ESOPS and other organizations uh, that are looking to to do exactly that. So there's grant money. There there's other opportunities. So a lot of municipalities, a lot of government agencies will work to say, you know, we will subsidize or we will work with you to buy this technology, mm-hmm. understanding that the back end there will be savings both on um, on the energy usage as well as there will be enhancement to to the product
3: water that is coming out of these plants. Right, right. So do you, I mean, I'm sure those stories help the process, but is there a piloting, sort of a getting people to test it out sort of a process you have to go through with these things? Or? Not
2: Usually on the biological process, sometimes the issue with the piloting is it can be different from plant to plant to plant depending mm. on the constituents they're seeing. So it's really hard to kind of have a single benchmark system that's just plug and play at another um, plant because, yeah. I mean, our process engineering team especially, some of the details that you have to go into, it's just one solution might work at one plant but if you just took that moved it somewhere else and set it down it wouldn't work there right because there's different ratios depending on the areas you could have certain areas with higher bod ratios to nitrogen and it's depending on some places you have to dose nitrogen i know especially industrial you have to dose nitrogen to deal with bod and so it's really really customized and which makes it hard to pilot things like this yeah what we could do is our controller we have a controller that we use and they could pilot the controller to see how that optimizes their system um but i think that's about the extent of piloting that we'd be able to do
1: and typically like, with everything we're asked for examples of like like technology. yeah because yeah. yeah. techni- yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone doesn't want to be the first they want to yeah. they want to they want to prove an example and, and so we are able to model and again we we are having right. success enough that in in the field at various locations where we can we can get pretty close right. and then say this is the variant that you have to deal with whether mm-hmm. it's the gallons per day whether it is the, the exact composition of the water that's coming in. Sometimes it's the topography that we have to deal with. And, right. You know, Pennsylvania you know, is a lot different than Florida as, as we're building these plants. So we we have mm. to be aware of every single one of those factors. But we've been doing it long enough that that we can we can say to a client. Yeah, you need to consider this before before we, we say that what worked in Pennsylvania is, is gonna work in Oklahoma.
3: Right, yeah. for sure. And I'm sure there's some understanding of that on their end too, that it's gonna be different for them. But as long as you have some something to kind of get them started yeah. in the process, I guess.
1: Yeah, science is science. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just, we, we have to say to them that we need to customize this for your particular use. Yeah. And, and, and pe- people who, who have been in the industry long enough readily understand that so we it, it, it's we I think have more of a barrier when it comes to explaining that this technology is gonna do what we say it does because a lot of times the numbers we put in front of them are
0: so, are so impressive yeah.
1: that they, they look at us <laughs> and go you know it, it this sounds too good to be true yeah well, that's so, a real thing. yeah and so you know a lot we, we have to validate that science a lot of times it goes like here's how we got to those numbers and we, we you know feel free to reproduce the same science and oftentimes they'll come back and say okay we get it out so
3: <laughs> so it's a good thing yeah it's you know, a good problem it's a great ways. problem now yeah right so what are people asking you about at WebTech, you know what are you getting asked about a lot
2: what are we getting asked about a lot here i mean as we're walking around people are mainly it's the they're coming up for our diffusers so still what Sanitaire is most known oh, okay. for are our diffusers so we've got the uh diffusers out so they can look at them but a lot of times when the operators are coming by They're looking at the diffusers. Uh, I had a technical presentation early, that's when you got more of the engineers involved and that's when you are getting into the nitty-gritty details of the biological. I mean, these engineers have designed for the diffusers hundreds and hundreds of times, so they understand that part. So it's from them that, especially after presenting on the digester, they're asking how it works, why it works, they want to go into details. Especially with engineers, they want to understand it before they want to put it in somewhere. So if you can't tell them how it works and get them to understand it, then it's going to go nowhere. So the main questions I'm getting are, all right, you have a 24 hour air 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 off period on the anaerobic. What about stench? Because if you have no air going into biological, it's gonna reek next time you turn the blowers on and that that plane is gonna get called immediately. (laughs) Doesn't matter how close the nearest neighborhood is, they're gonna get called. So we have to explain to them that there's an ORP system involved that will bump air on as needed to prevent odor formation and facilitate those periods. but those engineers are just as confer- are concerned for their customers and the plant's well-being, even though they're just designing it and they're not going to be working on it. They want to make sure that they're putting out a good product as well.
1: And a lot of what we hear typically with trade shows is what's new and exciting, mm. obviously. Yeah. And so we, we feature our Casperon process. We keep we feature our Vorlodos process mm. uh, from from the aeration and biological. And we really make the point to these to anyone who will, who will uh, who come up and. Uh, wants to discuss the, the process with us. It's like, what, what's new is how we can save you energy, mm-hmm. how we can help you meet your permits, how we can work with you mm-hmm. within, often spending less than you would have before to to, to achieve better results than, than you often thought were possible in the process. So, you know, we, we uh, when we're speaking to a municipality or an end customer, it, you know, the what's in it for me or what's in it for them is, how do we make their job easier? So we mm-hmm. have automation, Uh, technologies that are going to make. So, you know, one thing we run into a lot is the aging workforce that works in wastewater treatment plants. And we're often hearing we don't have younger folks coming in to fill those spots. So how can we automate those plants? And we have control systems within all of our products that allow remote control of the plants or at least remote monitoring of the plants. We have opportunities for folks to to really have a eye into what's going on in their plant on any given moment. And then, again, how can we make their lives from, from cleaning the tanks, you know, we have liquid cleaning services, and maintaining the tanks so that they have to replace their diffusers less often. Um, uh, you know, these are questions that we get all the time throughout left And so, and a lot of the engineers, to Alex's point, are, you know, how do I differentiate myself? How do I, when I talk to, whether it's a contractor or a municipality, how do I provide a better solution? Mm -hmm. So we work with them to talk about the the things we've been discussing today, which are ease of use, energy savings, uh, meeting your permit, nutrient removal, and and generally how we're prepared for any eventuality, whether it's stormwater, aging infrastructure, et cetera, to say, you know, we will be a good partner for you and we'll be in a position to help you regardless of what your water challenge happens to be.
0: This has been really interesting, very educational, informative. Love to have you guys back sometime to talk more about maybe some of the regulatory compliance issues you're seeing down, coming down. You know, these are going to keep increasing. There's got to be ways that um, we're going to be able to to combat that. Um, But I think that we're at time today, so we'll... uh, Save that for next
1: time. Well, thank you very much for having us. Uh, As long as the beer is flowing, we'll be back. Yes, (laughs) thank you for having us. Cheers. 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 Cheers.